everyone, it's I, Ken Levitsky, and today it's just you and me, and uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to do something a little different right now. Uh, Chris isn't around, this isn't a camcast, this is just, um, just a, a release of sorts. I need to just chat to you today um, about why the X-Men movies are so special to me. The Fox X-Men movies, they, um, they unfortunately get a lot of hatred these days. They're, they're trash talked on constantly. So I just want to talk about why these movies here are special to me. Um, it's just going to be like a raw type video. I might correct the audio a little so you can hear me better. But for the most part, I'm not going to be doing any cuts. It's just going to be uh, just me talking to you. And so you might get some bloopers, some stutters, some coughs, some sneezes. I might drink some water. I don't know how it's going to go down. But um, I just want to I just want to rock with this, get it out, um, and uh, I wanted to do this before uh, tomorrow's camcast that's going to be uh, popping up tomorrow morning. Um, actually, tomorrow afternoon, 12 p.m. Eastern time. That will be myself and Chris. We're going to be talking about Fantastic Four and the X Men, and we're going to be recasting all the characters for their eventual arrival into the MCU. Now that Disney has bought the characters and. Uh, Bob Fox, and um, yeah, we're, uh, Dark Phoenix is going to be the last official Fox X-Men movie, and for me, um, that's sad, that's sad for me, I find so much fun in these films, I absolutely love them, and they've been a part of my life now for about half my life, um, I can understand why a younger generation that grew up, you know, in the later 2000s, with Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, why why they would want the X-Men to be part of the MCU and why they don't like the Fox X-Men movies for the fact that they have the X-Men. I understand it. Um, but for me, I grew up at a different time. And uh, in the 90s, you know, I didn't really have a lot of awesome superhero movies to, to hit up as a comic book fan, as a comic book collector. Someone who's just lived and breathed and bled comic books since I was a toddler. Um, I didn't have that. I had Blade in 1998, which was great. But before that, I had Spawn and Steel and uh, The Phantom. What else? It's uh, The Shadow. It's it's not a great list of 90s superhero movies. Blank Man, love Blank Man. Um, and Mystery Man was fun, too. Uh, but yeah, as a Marvel kid, um, I didn't have anything, you know, you wanted DC characters, you had at least Superman and Batman to back up, to get behind you, um, as a Marvel fan, I didn't have anything, um, besides Luther and Salt, which, I mean, was cool as a kid, but, eh, I don't know if I can do that anymore, so anyway, I just want to chat to you about why these X-Men movies from Fox are so special to me. And to do that, I am going to go back to the beginning. I'll go quickly. I don't want this to be like an hour ramble. I just want everyone to hear why these movies are great to someone um, who's a fan of them. Because um, I feel like you only really hear the negatives these days. Other than, you know, Hugh Jackman's performance in Logan. That was a, that was pretty awesome. Um, and pretty popular and yeah so back to the beginning we're gonna go quickly back to the beginning I, I've brought this up on the camcast with Chris before um 
when I was a kid, little, little kid, like toddler, like, I want to say maybe two, three years old, um, my dad would read me his comic books at night before I went to bed. Um, as a little kid, he started with Archie. I read, he read me all his Archie comics, you know, because they're kind of PG rated. And as I got a little bit older, four, five, six years old, he started to get more into the superhero comics. Now, my dad's favorite comic books were Silver Surfer, Daredevil, and Thor. He had some Captain Americas, too. Um, the occasional Spider-Man and Hulk and Fantastic Four comic. But for the most part, it was those three. Silver Surfer, Daredevil, and Thor. Which is really cool, right? You, you would think, you know, he'd be more into the bigger characters of the 60s. But he wasn't. He, he liked those obscure characters um, that, that I don't know if you could really relate to them. Um, but they were awesome. I, I loved growing up, uh, listening to the stories of Silver Surfer and Daredevil and Thor as told by, you know, Stanley and Jack Kirby. Um, yeah, yeah, they were great. Um, so he read me those and he read me those, uh, throughout my, my childhood and I collected comics. Um, I didn't really hardcore collect them cause I didn't have a favorite character. I would buy comics here and there from the, the local store. I would trade comics at school with kids. And, uh, you know, I had Darkhawk and I had a lot of, I had a lot of Spider-Man, like 80s Spider-Man comics. Um, but he wasn't my favorite. He was my brother's favorite growing up, but he wasn't my favorite. I didn't really have a favorite character. I kind of just always went back to, you know, Thor and Daredevil and Silver Surfer. I bought some of those in the 80s and the 90s myself. Some, you know, modern age ones, well, modern then. Um, because that's really all I knew. When we get into the 90s now, um, specifically 1994, my parents ended up buying a convenience store. And in this convenience store, they had magazines. This magazine lady would come in every week with boxes of magazines, and she put you know, them all out on the rack in the store. And we had uh, one shelf that was dedicated to comic books, which was awesome to me. It was great. Because back then, I just popped into a store whenever and grabbed a comic that looked cool, you know, cool cover. Um, some Image Comics, you know, Spawn, Spawn, Savage Dragon, Pit. I was there for the beginning of Image, and I saw it all in the newsstands. Not at comic book stores. I didn't really go to comic book stores. I didn't really know much about comic book stores. I feel like I'm talking too big. <clears throat> Here's that water break I was going to tell you about. Okay. So, I see this awesome comic cover, and I, I was I was looking through some of the comics coming in. There was Forceworks, you know. I was a Marvel fan, so Forceworks, um, for some reason, it's not a, it wasn't a good comic, but the art was cool and the characters look cool, so I, I dug that. The Punisher, the '90s Punisher comics, those are cool. I checked those out. But it was one cover in particular, uh, Wolverine Volume Two, Number Eighty Six. It was Wolverine on the cover with Forge. Um, they both had, like, uh, fur and stuff on. They just looked like they were in the wilderness together. And I saw that cover, who I believe is Adam Kubert. And, and it's probably the reason why Adam Kubert is my definitive Wolverine artist, because I, uh, I collected all those first Wolverine issues with his art in them. I saw that, and I was very intrigued. And I picked it up, and I, I read it, and I absolutely loved it. And I loved it um, so much. And I, I didn't really realize I would love it that much because my parents didn't really have uh, regular TV growing up. So I didn't really get to grow up with X-Men the Animated Series. I saw them, 
I saw the occasional episode that was recorded on a VHS tape for me to watch at home. But I didn't really grow up with that. I didn't really know much about the X-Men outside of that little bit of the anime series. And I think I might have had a couple 1990s Jim Lee X-Men comics. Um, so I read that. And uh, funny enough, I already had Wolverine number 44 and number 2. Number 44, I bought from a newsstand years prior. Number 2, I actually received as a Christmas gift from uh, my nanny and Papa Levitsky, my, my father's parents, who, who passed away just a little after they gave that to me. So that was a special comic to me. But I wasn't really reading comics or following the stories then. So... So I had those, um, but Wolverine 86 I loved. And 87 came out the following month, and I saw it, and I grabbed it, and I read it, and I loved it. I found out, um, well, I knew about the comic book stores, but I didn't really go to them. So I asked my parents to drive me to the comic book store to see if I could put comics on hold monthly. And I did. I, I was able to do that. I put Wolverine on my pull card. It was the first comic to ever go on my pull card, my pull list. And uh, I was excited. I was so excited, but also while being at the comic book store, it opened up this world of comic books to me, and that's where I actually started to look more at um, the objectiveless X-Men comic of the 90s, which later became New X-Men, one of my favorite storylines of all time. Um, so that's where I got introduced to that, and I ended up putting X-Men on my card like two or three months after I put Wolverine on. And I collected Wolverine and X-Men. For years, it was just those two. I didn't really get into more Marvel comics um, until later on down the game. And then DC and then Image. Like today, I read mostly Image comics because I, I, I love those weird sci-fi, quirky, uh, quirky stories now that I can connect to more as an adult. Um, so I read more Image now. But, um, so yeah, and we go there. I have Wolverine. I found my Silver Surfer and Thor and Daredevil, my own. And um, from there, I went back and I watched the animated series, you know, animated series. So great. I hope Disney uh, continues these on like we're talking about. Um, so I watched those, loved them, and I, I became uh, interested on in all the characters outside of Wolverine and the main X-Men crew, you know, Cyclops and Jean Grey and all that. So we got that. Now, as a kid who only has Blade, really, as a Marvel fan, to look at in the 90s, um, reading my Wizard magazine, the announcement that X-Men was becoming a movie, that Fox was bringing the X-Men to the big screen, and that it would feature my favorite superhero of all time, Wolverine, I was ecstatic. I mean, who would have thought that the first real big Marvel superhero movie would be the X-Men? I mean, I know they had their boom in the 90s, and it might seem like obvious an obvious choice, but we're talking about a group of superheroes, and each one has a different superpower, and CGI and effects weren't really um, at that place that they are today back then. In 1998 or 99, they probably started shooting X-Men. So, I was excited. And in 1999, I was writing for my newspaper class at my high school. And I would cover all the movies and comic book news that, you know, most people don't really care about. But there was, you know, the nerdy, geeky kids at the school that liked to read that stuff. So that's what I covered. And I would review the movies. And 
it gave me internet access because we didn't have internet at home yet. And with that internet access, I was able to discover comic book websites um, outside of Wizard Magazine that would follow um, the X-Men movie at a rate where I could keep up with it. You know, like I wouldn't have to wait a month to see what was new. I, every day I could go on and see what was happening. And the X-Men trailer was going to go live. And I followed that countdown. I followed that countdown for weeks. And the day it went live, the morning it went live, I was at high school. And I uh, probably loaded that preview for close to 50 minutes because the internet was so slow. And I loaded that preview. And the last 10 minutes of my class, I was able to watch the trailer. And it blew my mind. It really, really, really blew my mind. I don't know what 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 to expect. I mean, yeah, Patrick Stewart's gonna be Professor X, and uh, uh, get teary eyed because so many great memories um, come to me with with the X Men, and that was great. That was great. That was everyone's fan casting for the entire nineties. Patrick Stewart, the Captain Picard, has to be Professor X. I mean, there's no other choice, right? So. Super happy about that. Ian McKellen, I, I, I enjoyed Ian McKellen in, in the few movies that I saw him in. Wasn't sure how he was going to play Magneto. Loved him as Magneto. And the casting was so perfect. I mean, James Marsden I was a fan of already because of Disturbing Behavior. And uh, Famke Jansen from GoldenEye was going to be Jean Grey. And Halle Berry, everyone knew Halle Berry. Um, she was going to be Storm. This, this cast was looking great. And a guy named Doug Gray Scott was going to be Wolverine. And I didn't really know anything about Doug Ray Scott besides the fact that he starred in my sister's favorite movie all the time, Ever After, which I didn't watch nearly as much as she did. So um, I caught him on screen a few times. Oh, that is a good actor. He kind of has the look. Whatever. Wolverine's going to be on the big screen. I'm psyched. Anyways, Doug Ray Scott didn't end up happening. They ended up going with a guy named Hugh Jackman that no one heard of. And Hugh Jackman was like this soap opera actor, I guess. Um... From, from Australia, totally unheard of. Um, and they went with him because Douglas Scott had to back out due to commitments to Mission Impossible 2, which uh, I actually still love. So, I don't know. Maybe I got bad taste in movies. You might be thinking that now. But you know what? Maybe it's just the nostalgia of it all. These movies I grew up on, and they're special in my heart. So I connect a lot of really good memories with this stuff. So X-Men was coming out. I saw the trailer. I was so excited. We finally got internet at my at my parents' house. Um, I loaded X-Men, the trailer, up, showed my friends, showed my brother, my sister, my parents. Everyone was so psyched for it. My brother was so pumped. Me and him were just, we were creating little posters, little 8x10, 8x11 posters with cutouts and stuff. And he's a graphic designer now. He's friggin' amazing. But back then, I mean... We didn't really have the tech to do graphic design. We did, you know, cutouts with scissors and photocopy, and you, you just really made a rough-looking poster. Um, but it was awesome. It was, X-Men is coming out. Go watch it in a theater. It's going to be amazing. And we took these little posters, and we hung them all over my parents' store. My parents were cool with it. We hung them all over the store. They were on the door when you walked in. They were hanging up in the movie section in the back of the store because we, uh, we had VHS and DVD later DVD, but VHS for a long time at first. We had them back there, and, um, you know, just the lead-up to X-Men excited me so much. 
and then they hit, and I watched it opening night, and I was grinning, and uh, I think I probably teared a little, because I'm tearing right now just thinking about it. Um, yeah. X-Men. I watched this movie eight times in the theater. To this day, it's the movie I've watched the most in the theater ever. I don't have the time or the money today to watch movies that many times in the theater anymore. Um, but it was so special to me, you know? It was really special to me. These were my favorite characters um, throughout my childhood. Into my teens, I was... Uh, I was 17 when X-Men hit the theater. 17 years old when I saw my favorite characters come to life. And, you know, Fox did a great job. Uh, Brian Singer, yeah, the guy's disgusting and hated now for obvious reasons. Um, but he did a really good job directing the movie. And David Hayter, Solid Snake. Solid Snake, my favorite video game of all time as well if you're solid. And then I find out that Solid Snake is going to be writing the X-Men movie? Huh. I can't even really describe how much this movie means to me. X-Men, and then, you know, in 2003, we've got X2. X2 is one of the best superhero movies of all time, still, to this day, easily, easily. The Last Stand, everyone hates The Last Stand, and it's the worst out of the trilogy, the original trilogy. You know what? I can still find so much fun in this, and Vinnie Jones is telling uh, Rogue that he's the juggernaut bitch. It's hilarious, you know? Um, lot, lots of fun to be found in that movie. X-Men Origins Wolverine, again, one of the worst of the bunch, but still, there's there's fun. I'm not going to be talking about the movies themselves, really, because I'm saving this for the CamCast. Chris and I are going to be doing one month straight of X-Men CamCast. It's going to be amazing. We're going to do the original trilogy, we're going to do the Wolverine trilogy, and then we're going to do the, the, the new First Class quadrilogy. It's going to be really good, really good. X-Men First Class, such a good movie. Wolverine, Days of Future Pass, Days of Future Pass, the road cut. If you're going to watch the Days of Future Pass, you got to watch the road cut. This is the best cut of the movie. It is so good. Apocalypse. Everyone hates Apocalypse. I honestly, I don't know why. To me, out of the bunch, this is the most comic book feeling X-Men movie there is. I mean, it feels like a comic book or a cartoon come to life. And people are hating on it. I don't really get it. I don't really get it. Logan, of course, a masterpiece. You know, here's X-Men on DVD. X-Men on DVD was the first DVD I ever owned. Ever. It's my first DVD. Um, my grandparents on my mother's side, my nanny and papa Sutton, bought this for me for Christmas. Or my birthday. They bought it for me for my birthday. And um, after they bought this for me, they only lived a couple more years. So Wolverine number two was one of the last gifts I got from my grandparents on my dad's side. X-Men on DVD, my first DVD ever, is one of the last gifts I ever got from my grandparents on my mom's side. I have so many good, good, good memories of this franchise. I... Um, Going to the theater opening night for every single one of them. The excitement of finding out the cast, 
the excitement of finding out the cast for the first class. I don't hate any of them. They're pure fun to me. They're they're just so good. They're so good. You know, like I got variant covers for for the Blu-rays. You know. This is the, the Wolverine from Japan. Got both releases for that. I thought it was kind of fitting. You know, the movie takes place in Japan. And the Japanese style says Samurai. It's friggin' cool. The Animantium Collection. It's Wolverine's Claws. I... <clears throat> Anyways, I'm not going to tell you what to like. I would never do that. I would never do that. You want to hate the X-Men movies? That's cool. That's cool. I hate a lot of movies too. No doubt about it. But when you go around on comic book sites, on social media, where you know there's going to be fellow comic fans that enjoy these films, and then you bash the film, or you comment underneath someone saying they're going to miss these movies, and you bash that person, it's not cool. It's not cool. The comic book culture of the 90s and the early 2000s, when the internet was just starting, was so pure and uh, so loving. And it's really toxic now. And it's hurtful. So when I say I'm upset that the X-Men are going over to Marvel Studios, because I know I will no longer see the X-Men movies every two, three years, Maybe I'll get to see them every five, six. And I know that they're going to recast all the characters to new actors who may or may not be amazing in those roles. And they're going to change the origins. And if you don't think they're going to change the origins, they, they will. Look at Spider-Man, okay? Spider-Man is totally Tony Stark, uh, Tony Stark connected now in the MCU. It's nothing at all to do with Uncle Ben. They're going to, they're going to change the origins. They're going to change the stories. Uh, to fit the current world that they have. And that's fine. That's fine because the Ultimates did that in the 90s. And those comics were amazing. And I love the MCU. I got the MCU all behind me here. I, I, it's, it's, they're great movies. But the X-Men movies are special to me. They're not just great. They're special. They hold a very special place in my heart. Um, and today, I was talking about it on Twitter. And I... I just I, a very soft mention of this. People were bashing the new Avengers game coming out um, because of the costumes. And I made a mention that, yeah, everyone hates the X-Men movies because of the costumes. And everyone hates uh, hated the Spider-Man game at first because of the new costume. And because they didn't look like the MCU copies of the characters. And... Uh, I got one little mention of X-Men, one little mention, and I had somebody who follows me who I generally have good conversations with, but the first thing they say, they send me like five tweets in a row talking about the Avengers movie, but the first tweet, part one of five, was what plagued the Fox X-Men films was the fact that after X2 they were trash. First class didn't even have actual first class, Days of Future Past I enjoyed, except it was Wolverine Saves the World. Logan was great, and everything else is garbage. I'm tired of people defending those Fox movies. Listen, I'm not defending them. I'm talking about how I loved them. I love these movies. 
I may be defending them in the sense that I think that they get hated on um, for shitty reasons, for really shitty reasons, really unfair reasons. There would be no MCU without the Fox X-Men. Okay, the Fox X-Men movie was a hit. The Fox X-Men movie led to Sony doing Spider-Man, which was a way bigger hit. That led to X-Men 2, that led to Spider-Man 2, that led to Fantastic Four and Daredevil, and it led to Marvel characters coming to life on the big screen. And it led to Marvel having enough money to start their own studio to make their own movies, and by that time, all they had left was their C-list characters. I give kudos to Marvel because they made Iron Man way cooler than he ever could have been in the comics or the cartoons. And they created a world, connected a world, that is really amazing. It's great. However, that world, the MCU, Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and Avengers and the list goes on, would not be on the big screen and would not exist without the success of X-Men, without Fox doing what they did with X-Men. So just look at the history of this and show a little bit of respect. You don't have to like the movies, but show respect to the fact that they started it. You could say Blade started it, but Blade was not a ginormous hit. Okay, Blade made like 75, 80 million at the box office. Blade 2 made a little bit more, and Blade Trinity tanked hard. Okay, so I mean it opened the doors a degree, but it was Fox and the X-Men that made the MCU happen, that made Marvel Comics as big as they are today. And I'm gonna stand by that statement for the rest of my life. So show a little bit of respect in that sense. You don't have to like the movies, and please stop bashing people that do like them, okay? Imagine if Fox bought Disney and your MCU was getting scratched off the board completely. You'd be pretty heartbroken, pretty pissed, just sad altogether. So imagine that for a moment, all right? Just imagine that for a moment. Anyways, I'm done blabbing. Chris is going to be here soon. We're going to can cast it up. We're going to talk some Brightburn for next time around. Tomorrow, you got to check out our, our casting episode of Camcast. We're going to do Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Thank you for listening if you did listen. Uh, comment down below. I want to know, even if you don't like X-Men, you, you can not like it at all. Just comment down below and let's just have a chat, a respectful chat. Please don't bash. No bashing needed. All right? Have a respectful chat. And, uh, yeah, until next time. I'm Ken Levitsky. Thank you for talking mutants with me. Well, you didn't talk, but thanks for listening to me talk about the mutants and Wolverine and comic books and all that geeky stuff that I love and that you love. Because, hey, it's geek pants. If you're not wearing geek pants, you're naked. <laughs>